Hey everybody, welcome to Glitchy Pancakes. We'll talk about the world of fandom. I'm Rob. I'm Jesse. And today we're talking about harassment and abuse in the industries of fandoms of science fiction, fantasy, horror, comics, and gaming. Content warning. At some point in this conversation, we'll, uh, we may discuss uh, details of sexual abuse and harassment. To discuss this with us today, we have two fantastic guests. First, she's one of the convention chairs of Atlanta's very own multiverse convention, a tireless advocate for equality and inclusion in all spaces, and our good friend, Allie Charlesworth. How are you doing, Allie? Hey there, Rob. Thanks for having me on. And also with us, she's a writer, illustrator, associate editor of Pseudopod Horror Podcast, an abuse survivor, advocate, and community cultural analyst and counselor, Maggie Mayshield. How you doing, Maggie? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming to the show. Um, how you guys been doing it? How you been doing it, Allie? Oh, you know, we're sort of hanging in there. This this new normal is very abnormal. So Right. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. How about you, Maggie? How, how was your day today? Pretty good. Pretty lazy, actually. This is the only thing nice. I had to do today. Wow. That has got, got a lot of good feeling. You stay uh, right. You stay pretty busy. You've got you have a lot of oh, lot yeah. of irons in the fire. You uh, you write under. I know your your Twitter handle is mm Shill. That's mm-hmm. uh, what you that's what you write under too. And I see you on there all the time. You like you're you put out some great stuff today. Um, on the on the topic we're talking about, actually, that was right. an excellent thread. So because another abuser was outed. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Uh, it's just it's nonstop. But yeah, just a quick plug. Follow MM Shill on Twitter. She's a really good follow for very handy information and insight. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks y'all for both being on here. And we're obviously talking about a really important topic. It's getting a lot of attention lately, but like it still definitely needs more spotlight on it. Because as you right. said, there's just a, a nonstop stream of people being out in terrible stuff coming to light. Um, because harassment and abuse in the world of our fandom, unfortunately, is extremely widespread. Um, so that's, uh, and unfortunately, the, the answer to, uh, I kind of wanted to ask a question to, as a, a way to start this off is, uh, I think the answer is unfortunately pretty clear, but just to give people a sense of the scale of the issue that we're talking about, how widespread and pervasive is this problem of harassment and abuse in the fandoms and industries of uh, like science fiction, fantasy, horror, comics, gaming? Um, Maggie, what, what what do you see as the the scale of it, and how people perhaps inter- inaccurately perceive that scale? Um, I believe this. I've been saying this like all day in the last uh, five hundred years of my life um, until nauseum uh, that it is a feature of the community, not a bug. It is not rare. If you don't see it happening, it's because you're in a position to where you don't have to worry about it. Um, if you're in a position to where you're vulnerable to it, um, you don't go anywhere within the community without touching you in some way, if that makes sense. It does. <laughs> it reminds me of the another a problem, like a way that that plays out like uh, professionally, especially for um, largely for, for women who are faced with just knowing that professional events, conventions and things like that are hotbeds of this kind of activity. 
So a lot of times right. there's just a general fear of, of even attending. And, and these are places where professional relationships can be formed and book deals can be signed and, you know, a lot can happen. And it seems like women are largely shut out of it uh, or can be because they have a, a, a very legitimate fear of, of walking into the lion's den, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a male, I, I can't fully understand at all what a lot of uh, women go through in the industry. But as a black man, I can tell you, I can understand how it feels for someone else to not understand what you're going through. And it's, uh, right. it's something that's that I think people really have to get on board with, or it's, I mean, the rest of life is going to pass them by. And a lot of people are going to be hurt in the process. In reality, yeah. like uh, as writers and creatives, we're told when we go to conventions that the bar con is where you network mm-hmm. but the bar con is also where uh mike cole admitted to sexually like molesting a woman you know <laughs> at, at least one right I mean, at least were, once yeah uh, that he, he admitted to i won't say anything he hasn't admitted to because that wouldn't be fair but right and he admitted to um that's what we were talking before we started that I, I host like uh, a tea party that's basically a scotch drinking party. And that was really started as my go around to the bar car, con. I have a bar con that I control and I bring in people I want to network with, <laughs> tempting them with expensive scotches <laughs> so I don't get Which molested. Which is oh, God, great, but mm. again, then that excludes other people that you may or may not know that you want to know, right? Yeah. So right. it should just be safe to do that anywhere. Yeah. Period. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that. That seems like the 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 point is that this like it just shouldn't be something anyone has to fear, especially not because these are in in a lot of ways professional events. I mean, they're yeah, they're fun. They're, there's a party atmosphere, but that's so often used as an excuse and. And people just, I don't know whether it's that people are, are unaware of, of how widespread harassment in those environments is or whether they just don't want to see it. But it's it's something I think pretty much every guy knows is that they don't know a single woman, not one, who they can ask, have you ever been subjected to harassment? It's it's only a matter of when and and mm-hmm. the extent. It's a damn shame. Yeah, there's... It, well, there's it- and that's okay. part of it, right? That's what Maggie was saying is it's built in. It's actually built into the entire culture, not just in fandom, but just in this country completely. Um, right. In fandom, it's really largely embedded because it started out uh, being gatekept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by a certain subset. And if you don't fit into a very particular box, you are not invited. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think that uh, you think that kind of gatekeeping um, allowed that that culture to like to just become a Petri dish and grow the kind of like nasty culture that unfortunately exists. Like you think the gatekeeping was the start of it? I think it kind of it plays into it. Right. Um, I think that more than anything else, uh, a lot of men don't think that what they're doing is a problem. Um, you know, it's, it's the excuses you get when someone gets called on it. Uh, you know, I, how am I supposed to compliment a woman then? Can I not even say something nice anymore? Um, you know, I didn't mean anything by that. And the problem is maybe you didn't, but if there's a power differential that takes it to the level of harassment and not just an unwanted overture. Like no woman is offended if you tell her, 
your hair looks nice. Right. You know, um, yeah. women are offended mm -hmm. at the or uncomfortable way, the implication of uh, I am checking to see whether or not you're sexually viable to me at this moment. Right. 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 Anything that that uh, that hints that, that that's that that's what's behind the comment or, or whatever. And uh, yeah, that, that's. So I, I can see how gate, like gatekeeping just created it. Like this is a, you know, this is a boys club and we're, we're going to be this way. And, and now we have, we get to decide and we're, y'all know us, we're no fans. Rob and I are no fans of gatekeeping just as a concept at all no, within fandom. No. And that's one of the nastier uh, aspects of it is how, how it creates that kind of environment. And that I heard it said pretty well, actually, Maggie, I wouldn't be surprised if it was you that said it uh, the, um, about when people have the, um, what Ali said, those, those excuses of like, well, I didn't know that was going to offend or I, what's the problem with that? How am I supposed to compliment a woman? I, I've heard several people say, and I agree with this. If you, if you can't answer that question definitively and confidently for yourself, then don't do it. Like you just, you right. don't get to do it until you know the answer to that question right. without any doubt. Okay. Would your compliment get you punched in the face if you said it to a right. man? Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 If that man worked for you, if you were his boss and you said that to him, <laughs> how would, he how would it make him oh, yeah. feel? Yeah. Because I like Wait, your that... haircut is pretty safe. Right. Regardless. Exactly. But nice yeah. tits. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. But, I mean, <laughs> you not, and if you're not sure about it, keep your damn mouth shut. Like if you mm -hmm. think, if you're not, if you're like, is this going to, I don't know if this is okay. Well, then it's not. If, if it's a question, the answer is no. Yes. Well, let me, let me ask a question. Why aren't most people cognizant like why do they think about what they say it bothers me i can't wrap my mind around how someone saying saying that think they're going to get a good reaction out of it um like, and then if, making the yeah. excuse that hey i'm just what am i supposed to say how am i supposed to talk to a woman like she's a human fucking being mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't get, I I don't could, get why that's hard if i could be honest i believe the argument Please. of uh what am i supposed to say is disingenuous Right. Everyone, right. because they don't make that mistake when the power differential is against right. them. Right. Right. They don't get in trouble then. Um, a lot of the times, these comments, which we kind of call negging mm -hmm. comments, mm -hmm. like uh, "you're pretty attractive for an older woman," wow. or <laughs> you know, "I usually don't like fat chicks," you know, stuff wow. like that. That's negging. Um, it is made to put you back in your place. It is uh, a liken to when someone tells a black man he's articulate. Right. I wasn't expecting uh, yeah. that. Gotten that a lot. <laughs> put you back Absolutely. in your place. It's it's know right. your place, girl. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's wow. made to make you uncomfortable, and they and some people like we're talking about the the guy that earlier that just got outed today. Uh, uh, Tim Miller, uh, because yeah. there are now uh, screenshots of him doing unspeakable things and sending screen sending videos to women of him doing unspeakable things. Mm -hmm. uh, evidence uh, of it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like a flasher on the bus. It's about I know I'm getting off on how I'm controlling your emotions right now and making you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right, which is is, is sick, frankly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And that the, there is uh, that right, kind of raises another question about how like is that I agree that that's a disingenuous argument to say well how am I supposed to you know how you know how to talk to right. human beings you're just right. choosing mm -hmm. how to talk to a certain subset of human beings in this right. way because you you want a certain reaction it's right. not because you don't know how um, but there I think for not, not speaking for like 
about the abusers themselves, but for people mm-hmm. in the in the community who, who need to know more about how this stuff works, I think there are a lot of things that people have said that they didn't really consider uh, or they didn't they never thought about as being instances of uh, harassment or inappropriateness or, or even abuse. Um, like, for example, consensual relationships where there's a significant power differential mm-hmm. within an industry. That's something I th- it seems like a lot of folks didn't it just never really consider because it's it, it's just maybe has it always just been done that way and. So I was wondering, like, what are there, do you think of any, like, lesser known ways like that? The things that people don't think of as, like, like you were saying earlier on Twitter, it's not like a, it's not a leering, you know, creepy looking guy skulking around the outsides of the bark on. It's like, right. there's other stuff going on that people may not recognize. Mm-hmm. Do you think of any way, like, any things that people need to be on the lookout for and to be able to recognize that maybe haven't been um, quite so blatant examples of harassment? So there, there are plenty of them out there, right? So if I am a prominently placed uh, artist um, and I gatekeep who gets to put their art where at the art show that I, you know, am, am curating for a convention, um, but I also am making suggestive comments to someone off to the side, you know, not, not, not on the, you know, art show time, it's at Barcon or wherever else, that's a problem. Anywhere somebody has a power differential like that, it's it's always a problem. Um, if I affect whether you get an opportunity to, to progress in your field, um, you know, or gatekeep who you talk to, um, or talk about you behind your back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am the, the more prominent person, then I really shouldn't be engaging in those behaviors with you no matter what just not not at an event yeah yeah um yeah like even if it's not an like technically an employer employee situation the same dynamic still applies and you think i mean the same uh the same standards should apply it seems like because it is it is at that point a more powerful person taking advantage of a less powerful person due to their Mm -hmm. relative positions within the industry. And that's at the very least unethical, even if it's consensual. And in in a lot of cases, I I think unethical would be a very, very light way to state that. If you don't have the sensual, it might not be uncoerced. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the part. Cause if you don't have the power to say, no, there's no consent. Consent. Right. Right has to have the ability to say no. Right. And if you're afraid to say no, we're not in a consenting situation anymore. Oh, I see I see what you mean about how it, it involves not simply uh, saying no, but the, the the reasonable belief that you can without consequence. The reason mm-hmm. you can, the belief that you can say no without consequence. Because that really that that's just as important as actually saying no is whether or not that was truly an option to begin with mm-hmm. right um exactly. which it, it it complicates uh it complex complicates consent a little bit but not to the point where it's so complex that anyone should be misunderstanding this with the slightest bit of thought put into it I think. like uh, there was a recent abuser that was outed and one of his abuser stories was she worked a workshop for him and she went up to his room to get her money to get paid for doing a job for him. Oh, and man. while he's holding her money, he propositions her. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God, that's that. That's... It's like, well, she had the ability to say no, and she did say no. But she was afraid to say no, and she was afraid of what was going to happen to her. 
even though she did say no and take her money and run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still, yeah, that's still coercive and manipulative and 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 wrong to do. That's disgusting. And he that's had to disgusting. have known. Who doesn't know yes. that you don't do right. that? Absolutely. No, that's a, like that's a, that's what you would if you were writing a textbook, literally a textbook. Right. On, examples creep. of yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. if you are writing a new dictionary entry for a creep yeah you'd have like, the guy holding the money and saying hey do this uh, yeah hey, give me a kiss sweetheart it's, you know yeah how do you how do you how do you not know that's okay and that's uh, that's sort of like feigned uh the, the feigned innocence that i didn't know thing that comes through in a lot of like these people that um are outed for abusive behavior when they do their when they do their quote apologies um and I'm air quoting that because it's so rarely actually an apology. Um, it's bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. It's, 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 it's usually just a load of shit. Very right. performative and theory. But that's and they're like, bad actors. They're horrible actors. Oh no! It's so it's it's so like it's selfish. It's insincere. It deflects a lot of the blame. It's so, it's super manipulative. It gaslights the, the victims usually. Right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Or finds absolutely. subtle ways to try to shift blame onto them. What the um, I say. I wouldn't mind just getting your take, uh, you, um, Allie and Maggie, getting your take on on those apologies because that's something that I think has surprised a lot of folks, <laughs> including right, the, the right. abusers who have made those apologies. Right. They're shocked at the reaction. Like, what? Everyone didn't immediately turn around and <laughs> decide I'm great again. Um, right. But what what do you think about like how how do these apologies go wrong and how if someone sincerely wants to be better, how could how can they do that right? Or what, what can they do then? That's a complicated question. I've written entire articles on performative contrition before, mm-hmm. um, as a survivor advocate. <laughs> so this is a that that's like its own uh, podcast in of itself. Um, but from mm-hmm. my point of view, it is about what what does the apology focus on? Who's centered? Mm-hmm. Are you centering your apology on how I affected you? I recognize what I have what I have done has affected you. Or are you focusing it on, I recognize that your feelings were hurt by this thing that I've done, and I feel bad that it hurt you, and you're focusing it on your own feelings. Right. Or you're focusing it on this idea of um, almost like me doing this bad thing. It's really, it was a growing, growing thing for me, and... Uh, it helped me grow as a person and learn as if so women are uh, side quests in your mediocre male right. uh, leveling up <laughs> hero's right. journey here. <laughs> I'm a side oh. quest. Oh, God. My, my traumatic moment was your growth. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and understanding that your actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. I, no one is required to forgive you. No matter how good your apology is, nobody's required yeah. to say, that's okay. You're welcome back in this space now. If you do the thing in a space and you're asked to leave the space, nobody has to let you back in. Well, can I ask a question? What, sure. what, why, why is it when people actually get in there and they, they show displeasure about, about the, 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 the offender they get labeled as social justice warriors and white knights. All of that really kind of pisses me off because why would it be a bad thing for anyone to say, no, what that dude did was wrong. And they get, they get labeled and they get almost pushed back. 
those people get pushed back from wanting to have a voice and standing up and speaking out for for victims. Well, that's like almost on podcast in itself because you're getting in the complications right. of abuse dynamic. Right. And what you're dealing with is uh, what sometimes called the abuse apologist. Right. Um, so you have this di- really messed up dynamic where uh, so-and-so says, I'm so sorry, I did the thing that hurt people. And then you have a slew of people that accept the apology for the mm-hmm. victims on behalf right and then people right. who are actually concerned like an ad like the advocates who are concerned right. for the victims and the actual victims themselves say no right. this was a horrible apology and i don't accept and then they get attacked uh you would almost see this same dynamic mirrored in a household with an alcoholic right. you know okay. <laughs> where okay. you have uh the the father who is abusive uh say yeah i know i hit you when i was drunk and i'm sorry and then the Mm -hmm. kid being like no it wasn't okay you messed up my life dad and the mother saying well he tried his best and he apologized yeah you had the same dynamic happening but you're having it happen on twitter basically right yeah well on a much larger scale too because yeah right that's that's one of the that brings up another big thing like i'm glad you uh gave us the term for it um abuse apologist because that's another layer of how this works and really glad you pointed out how this is this is what always happens on social media is you got the 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 person comes out and says i'm sorry that you know they fall into passive voice and say i'm sorry that you felt bad for this thing Mm -hmm. that happened to you that was done by me and you know that just shitty apologies and they don't do a good job of it and then all their friends come to their rescue and mm-hmm. say and thank you like you said on behalf of the victims and say this i know you're a good guy i know you're trying to be better this is a, you know thank you for doing this and then and and just assume that should be enough and that that kind of enabling especially within these um communities of fandom I don't know why it sometimes seemed to, seems to almost be more like uh, entrenched. Like people dig in their heels harder, right? On um, within yeah. these fandom communities, um, especially when it deals with someone who's you know like a well-known creator, an author, or artist, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, people are just fairly rabid to defend them. Do, do y'all think that's because it uh, it's people kind of protecting their own association with that person? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do you think that comes from? Yes. Yeah, my, my definitely. blanket. Yes, it's a what did I say. It's a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, goes back to the age of Asimov, you know, and Ellis, mm-hmm. like Harlan Ellison, oh. and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. where bad actor does thing, and you have to basically ignore the bad thing because this is our meal ticket, or we've already invested so much wow. into this one guy. We can't afford to lose. What you'll see this repeat. A lot of the artists uh, in SFF that got outed, uh, people aren't very quick to speak up against them because, like, they have probably have a lot of money invested in these shows, these conventions, and it uh, it's it's hard because you they're they're embedded in there like a tick basically. So maybe you don't want to speak out against them yet. Maybe you want to wait to see how the winds are, <laughs> see if it's safe. Well, and I, I think there's probably multiple multiple layers, right? So you can be attached to a creator and their creations, right? Like, I really love this piece of art that this person did, and now I know this thing about them, and can I still keep my art? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys have touched on that in another episode, but 
right. you know, separating the creator and the creation. And then you have people like Maggie said, financially bound to this person in some way or another, their patrons, right. their, you know, um, and also I think a lot of people really just like the sort of, I don't know, positive reinforcement of being able to go, Oh, I know you. And I know you're such yes. a good person. And I wouldn't be friends with you if you weren't a good person. So clearly my experience with you overrides any of this other stuff. So surely you're fine now. It's almost self-condemning. It condemns you. I attached myself to you and now you're bad. Does that mean I'm bad? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It it means that this person that did a bad thing happens to be someone you thought you knew and you don't know that person. So you need to turn around and say, Hey, what did you do? You did something bad. You need to go fix it and apologize or do what you need to do now. And I don't need to associate myself with you. I guess it comes down in those situations where people have a lot of money invested in the other person is, would you prefer to go with what you've put in? And I know how complex that is. You, mm-hmm. you guys have explained how complex that is. Because when we're talking about money, we're talking about a lot of money that they've put into these people, investing into these people, and even time and status. I I still can't see in my head how someone can say, yeah, I put money into this person, but what they did was wrong. It's not hard to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It can't yeah. be. You're it, assuming it morality. Not that you an ass, but you assume ethics and morality. <laughs> Maybe I'm transferring my my own abilities or, or my own feelings onto how I feel they should do, and that that's probably not. It's going to drive me mad. It's probably you're, gonna you're drive setting me the mad. bar way too high, Rob. Way too yeah. high. <laughs> I mean, not to be like a total ass, but there are people in this world and in this right. fandom who will look at a situation saying, "Yeah, what you did was objectively bad." But right. this, you still benefit me, right? Yeah, absolutely, exactly. I, th- I think a lot right. of times there is that uh, there's that defense just because it's like you're you're my meal ticket, like you're how I get access to these publishers mm-hmm. or these art shows or whatever. And I, yeah, what you did was bad. I feel bad for the person that you did it to, but I right. still got to make my money at that show. Wait to see who speaks up last. Who yeah. speaks up? This is the same thing that happened to abuse dynamics in um, uh, uh, women's shelters. The family Mm. member who speaks up last about like, oh, yes, that man was so abusive is the person that was benefiting from their association the most to the abuser. Because they were the most reluctant to give it up. And then they're very vocally like, yes, this person is bad because they're almost Mm -hmm. compensating for how long they hung on to that ship before they fled. Right. Right. They're trying to make up for for being, you know, uh, enablers or or even complicit in it up Mm -hmm. to that point. Because they're (laughs) self-serving. Thus, they now have to really distance themselves because they it's about uh, self-survival at that point and preservation. Right. And so there's like one of the thing that we we noticed pretty early on um, when it, the the more the most recent firestorm in this in this fandom, people being outed and everything um, that that so many of these uh, scenarios happened at conventions, right. and uh, you know Allie's one of the the chairs of multiverse convention. Full disclosure, I'm the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm not gonna, not gonna sit here, and, uh, not gonna sit here and, and hide the hide the association. Um, I'm, right. But uh, yeah, so we we think in terms of um of convention stuff like that, that's and just seeing we we hated to see that um, I, that so much of this was happening at conventions. So what um what how, you were talking today on on Twitter, Maggie, about mm-hmm. how 
the problem with conventions. And I think it's kind of close to what we were just talking about with people's investment in the, in the personalities or in the person, I think, as you put it, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about the, the situation? Like what, what do conventions need to be doing or not doing um, with regard to creating the, the safe kind of space that should exist for, for this fandom? Okay. Full schools. I did uh, used to do community culture, like uh, counseling, basically go mm-hmm. into a nonprofit and, and help them like structure, like what are your values and what ca- can you do to make your policies reflect your values as possible, much as closely as possible. And the first thing that uh, you usually tell an organization is whatever your mission statement is, look at your mission statement, read it. Whatever it is, when you're under extreme stress, you will do the antithesis of it. If you say we are inclusive under stress, you will become insular. If you say uh, I want everyone's voice to be heard here, the minute you get a really shocking uh, abuse claim, you're going to quiet people down. That's going to be your automatic reaction. You need to be cognizant of that. Read your mission statement and know, and don't think you're special, basically. Don't think you're uh-huh. the exception to this rule. This is a sociologically observed fact of right. human nature right. and especially organizational nature. Right. Uh, a lot of uh, women's shelters, um, if they, they are, when they are under duress, they start acting like an abusive husband. They start gaslighting, minimizing, uh, messing with people's reality. And it's simply because they will revert back to whatever is the antithesis of their mission statement. Be cognizant of that. And once you're cognizant of that, you can start making policy to combat that. Okay. Yeah, it seemed like one of the things you were saying earlier is to, is to go ahead, is to that conventions and other events of, of that type, the kind of places where this kind of thing can happen, should get on it now as far as, yeah. right, like have a concrete plan in place for how you're going to deal with it when you get confronted with that uncomfortable situation because right. you're not special and you're not immune to it and yeah. you're not the one place where this is never going to happen. And it not be right. generic because every con has a wonderful generic abuse policies. Like mm-hmm. if you see abuse, come report it to me mm-hmm. uh, or come report to our HR. They, they have wonderful generic. I'm talking about because the generic is made with the idea of the greasy haired dirty t-shirt creeper that no one knows i'm telling you right now that guy probably isn't going to abuse you because that guy came to the con Mm -hmm. alone and he has no insulation to abuse you i mean he's the easy villain if he does something wrong he'll get in trouble who the person who's going to abuse you is the celebrity author the uh artist guest of honor the, Mm -hmm. the favorite volunteer the guy who's in the clique with all the con chairs the guy, think of whoever has the most insulation, and that uh, statistically is the person most likely to abuse because he can get away with it and he knows it in this atmosphere. Mm. I'm not kind saying every that... guest of honor is an abuser, by the way. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I've heard nothing right. but good things about Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Just him. He's the only one, so all can the only one. The only one you're ever allowed to invite anymore. Yes. Brandon, you're welcome. Thank you. We love you. Um, yes. So, so having a very specific plan in place is what you're saying ahead of time before anything happens, and and yeah, say, yeah, you know, I don't care if you're the guest of honor. If you do something like this, then you are going to be removed from the convention space. 
and this is how I word it. Like you, you have your generic, uh, if someone I don't know abuses someone policy, but I want to like almost encourage cons to make, what is your, the guest of honor grope someone in the bar policy? How do you, mm-hmm. what is your policy for handling uh, the artist that is renowned for groping women and I, uh, touching without their permission? Beforehand. Can I share my policy? Mm-hmm. Hand on collar, foot on ass. Get can I share mine? Out. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Don't invite him if you know that he's that. there. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. do some vetting and now the stories are out there. They, they are, but there is Chaperons a whisper network, everywhere. right? There's mm-hmm. a whisper network and you have to get plugged in, which is kind of scary because people's livelihoods are threatened again by the Lawsuits power that some fly. of these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and it we, was uh, the anime cons got hit with this really hard with that Vic guy that does oh, the right. Yeah. 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 He had yeah. so many chaperones. Uh, they had security like emergencies when they couldn't find him because he was mm-hmm. that renowned to be sexually wow. harassive and assaultive toward yep. females. Uh, don't invite him. No one right. is so important that they are not replaceable. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely true. There are, there are so many good people that would jump at the chance to, to be a guest of honor at a convention and who would get, I mean, what I think is that people go after a while, they mostly go to conventions once they're established for the, the, the family aspect of it, the social aspect Like they want to see their friends and they like Mm -hmm. the activities. They like the way that it's set up. It's, it's not because you've got the biggest, most famous person around. And even if, yeah, you might, you might draw a few more people to your convention by having that bigger name. But to, if you're going to the extent where, well, it's like you said, they're, they're replaceable. Anybody's replaceable. You can find somebody on their level. Who's not a dick who doesn't have this kind of history. Um, mm-hmm. They're out there and they're probably you know, one of them's available. And even if you have to take a little bit of a step down in terms of the fame meter or whatever, even if you have to do that big deal, you're preventing people from being abused. Okay. That's mm-hmm. worth it. <laughs> you know, take that, yeah. take that quote step down and have a good person because that's actually a huge step up. So Right. Do it that way. And if we're going to talk about like some restorative justice with us, you know who are geniuses who are hor- wonderfully talented? Uh, a lot of the victims of these people who were mm-hmm. forced out of places at the table. Yep. Uh, and I kind of mourned for all like there's they're like, oh, no, we can't replace this one writer. He's a genius. I was like, but what about that writer girl? He made it where she didn't want to go to cons anymore. She's a yeah. genius. What about yeah, her one. genius? Did we lose one of the greatest novels that was ever written because some jerk was negging a horribly a woman who was his greater and he was her lesser? Right. Which I think it's, it's statistically impossible that that has not happened. Like mm-hmm. that we, it, it's it's a certain thing in my mind that we have lost out on a lot of great works and even like a great artist, like people who would have produced an entire body of wonderful work, but got shut out and, you know, didn't get that first book deal that, that would have gotten them with the publisher that really backed them from that point on. Um, they got shut out and because somebody just had to be terrible and they were afraid to come back after that for, mm-hmm. for good reason. I'm yeah. so angry. I'm so there, angry. There was at least you should be one, angry. <laughs> absolutely. There was at least one artist who did. She left the industry um, mm-hmm. because of the sexual harassment she endured at the hands of someone who has been a guest of honor at many cons, I believe, yep. at this point. So, you know, 
And all these women, like especially these artists with these men who've been outed in the SFF art community, looking at their portfolios, I'm like, damn, yeah, can I, right? like, I mean, I, I work with Pseudopod and Escape Artists, like, damn, can I just write a proposal that, hey, as a pro market, can we use these ladies for things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some restorative justice. They should be making the money. Like they, if they cared about true contrition, uh, it would be removing themselves from the table and giving the seat to the people that they damaged to restore them. Right. 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 Apologies are words, you know, like let let people actually try to give back whatever, you know, whatever small piece you can of what you took. It's, it's never, you know, I'm. I believe never can be truly fully restorative, of course, but mm-hmm. it's, but a, a half-assed apology is literally the least you can do other right. than simply ignoring it. And every time um, I complain about apologies that people give, they're like, well, wh- what kind of apology is good enough? And I just get caught in the cycle of, well, I think that what you're asking me is what does this man have to say for the consequences to go away? Right. And never go away. Never. I mean, he's in trouble. He's not a child. He's a grown man. Let him be in trouble. He feels scared. He feels scared right now. And he feels vulnerable. And he feels shame. In order for healing to happen uh, from an abuse counselor standpoint, the transfer of pain and shame must happen from victim to abuser. It has to go back to him because he gave it to her. It needs to transfer back now. That's the only way this happens. Right, right. So he's like is, um, uh, an abuser in that scenario is simply going to have to sit with it. And it sounds kind of like is what right. you're saying is they just mm-hmm. they simply have to deal with the fact that they screwed up and there may be nothing they can do to fix it. And they're going to have to endure a, a little bit of what they inflicted. And that's just how it is. Like they don't they don't get a guaranteed like Ali was saying, they don't get a guaranteed way yes. back in. No one no one's required to forgive them or let them back into the group. Right. I think that's absolutely right. And the same thing with, uh, you know, as um, as convention planners, that is I think that's got to be another thing, too, is that. You don't, I mean, at, at what point can you reasonably take the risk? Like, okay, this guy did something bad five years ago, but he's probably okay now. Like, no, what, we, as, as event organizers, you've got a responsibility to a lot of people mm-hmm. who are coming to your convention. Yeah. And there's not a way to say, well, this person did something bad a while ago, but I think he's probably fine now. He seems like he's gotten better. Like, that's not a chance that I think uh, that event planners should take. You just it, can't right. take that risk it's because it could affect It's also a form of apologists. That's the, yeah. usually the, the, the method that, apolo- that an abuse apologist takes. And this is when you're getting into the finer details of dynamics of abuse uh, codependency. Right. Um, this is like, that's my, my counselor uh, terminology. Uh, <laughs> but the codependency dynamic is uh, codependents are trained by abusers to basically run interference. Um, Basically, an abuser is never allowed to feel their feelings. And you're actually doing a great disservice to these men who are uh, fragile. Um, They are underdeveloped as human beings. They are insecure. Never allowing them to feel vulnerable, scared, weak. Right. People are are entitled to their feelings, but abusers train these codependents to basically make it to where they never have to feel the bad things. You're not a full person until you can sit with the bad things and come up from it. 
That's a really good point. And that, that's it something is. that it, it seems like the entire community, top to bottom, you know, whether it's uh, fans or publishers, artists, or their friends, or, uh, you know, podcasters, convention organizers, whoever, has got to be a, a society, a, 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 the entire society has to shift culturally so that it's it's known that if you do this you're going to have to actually sit with this you're going to actually you're going to end up you're going to feel the bad feelings because there are not enough people here to protect you and that that's not how it's done anymore that's like turning a battleship but if Mm -hmm. if you uh if you ali or or you maggie have any ideas on how to begin turning that battleship in addition to what we've already talked about then Please let us know because right. it's got to start happening. <laughs> I does. mean, abu- abusers aren't made in a vacuum. I like, get this really clear. Abusers are not created in a vacuum. Uh, these are our monsters. They're ours. We own them. We own the victims, but we own them. You know? Right. Um, every this from, from abuse counseling standpoint, every abuser was a victim of abuse. Someone created that. Right. Um, every abuse victim goes on to be an abuser. It's just most of us abuse ourselves. Mm. Oh, so ouch. what wow. is happening incredible. with the other kind is they go on to abuse others. We created them. They're our responsibility. And the people they hurt is our responsibility because if you do not restore the victim, they turn into an abuser. Either they abuse themselves or they go on to abuse others or both. So now we're dealing with really complex societal issues. Right. We own all of this. Right. That's a fascinating point about how it's how we have to take care of and, and restore the, uh, the, the the survivors of this kind of abuse because they will, like you said, eventually abuse themselves or other people. I, I've never I've never heard it put like that before, but it, it like either. that really strikes home and that's maybe something that a lot of there needs to be more focus on too, because it does tend to take up all the oxygen in the room when you're talking about this famous person that did the thing. Like that's the conversation gets centered around that a lot of the time. And, and, and sometimes that's because the, the survivor or whatever they did may not want to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. but it makes me wonder, is, is there any effort really being put toward or enough thought being put toward how to make them right again? You know, uh, not a lot. Usually, uh, there's no thought to prevent it because we talk talk about taking care of victims and restoring victims. You're talking about future prevention of abuse. Not only mm-hmm. is the victim not going to turn into an abuser of others and themselves, you're making it to where future abusers see, hey, this is a platform. If I abuse someone, I don't win, and my victim gets all the attention that I wanted. So you're turning it into a preventative measure. And most policies don't talk about prevention. They talk about, like, the wet works clean it up after someone was already assaulted. Right. Right. And I guess that's a – I'm curious about that because I'm very interested to see what kind of – what kind of prevention there can be, like, from the point of view – like I said, so many of these things happen at conventions – like what, what can be done preventatively? I believe there are ways like having those policies in place are really good, but th- those are still reactive in nature. Vetting, like Ali said. I well, mean, vetting. Like, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, right, just yeah like, like Ali said. Making, yeah. Mm-hmm. Making sure, making sure that the people that, you know, you're going to invite to your con aren't abusers or if they are, don't invite, you know what I mean? It's, it, I think uh-huh. it, it sounds like common sense, right? But, like, I, 
there's so much more entangled in it. I mean, it, I can I can see now how you guys have laid it out, how it's so complex. And there's a bunch of different levels to it. You can't just grab a person up and throw them out. You have to let it be known. You have to help their victims. You have to make sure that what's happening is the right thing for the victims and, and the people that are speaking out for the victims that are advocating. You have to make sure you have strong advocacy. Um, you have to make sure that all of those things are in place. And, 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 and like MM said, you have to make sure that you stick by your mission statement 100% no matter what. There's no quick fix to this either. Right, right, right. Like, this is a cultural issue, and cultural issues, you can only get incremental change toward a goal, and that goal, it might not be solvent. It's always a moving thing. Like, any organization or culture, it's a moving goal. Right. So, you ultimately... um, I use this example sometimes when I talk about this, um, about culture. Um, If you went to a wedding you know it is inappropriate to show up in a bathing suit to a black and tie, black tie wedding, right? Right. You just know it. You wouldn't do it. Only the most divergent among our society would Mm -hmm. show up to a black tie wedding in a bathing suit and they'd stick out and they'd be ejected. You want to create your culture to where it's a no duh, you don't do this here. And that's a slow change of culture of mindset, but you can get there. What you're basically doing is trying to construct a culture to where doing the ethical thing is easier than doing the unethical to where we don't have to worry about if so-and-so's daddy never loved them and now they abuse other people because they wouldn't dare try to abuse someone in this culture setting. Right. 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 Yeah, that's... It, there's still obviously a ton of work to be done. It's I'm glad that the conversation is, is happening in general. It's it's never a pleasant one, but people are talking and people are, are not backing down from it. And that's good because everybody deserves to be able to to enjoy, you know, conventions and events mm-hmm. and the fandom in general without fear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we all want. You know, like this is a, a, a really serious topic, but we're all we're fans of what we're fans of because it's fun and we like it and we like the community and we want it to not be toxic and dangerous for anybody who wants to be part of it. So hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be able to get there someday. I think we're getting there because there's this positive happening right now because everyone's like, Oh, there's so many abusers happening. The same amount of abusers that are like where they're getting exposed now, but they were already always there. It's not like they just Mm -hmm. materialized. There've always been that many abusers, and for every one you see, it's like cockroaches. There's twenty in the wall. Mm-hmm. So, wow. the fact that all these women are coming forward, it shows there is a cultural shift happening. Women right. aren't as afraid that their uh, careers will be destroyed if they speak about the artist that propositioned them or the writer that molested them in a bar. They're not afraid out for their career. That means <sighs> there's a cultural shift happening to where people aren't going to be as quiet, which makes a culture that is more dangerous for people who express tradition toward others. Right. And it, and it should be. Is that what you're seeing too? Ali, I know you have a lot of conversations around this community. Uh, that, is that, are you seeing a similar shift starting to happen? Oh, quite definitely. Um, you know, like Maggie was saying, it's not that, that this hasn't been happening since 
the beginning of science fiction fantasy convention, you know, conventions. They've always been there. Um, right. We just all knew to shut up and, and not say anything, right? Be a good because, girl. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, go over there and, and just deal with it because that's just how that guy is. And we know him and he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but now... It, it is, Rob, but it, it really is exactly how it is. I and I'm not even immune to it. There have been a couple of times wow. uh, Jesse can can tell you where someone has said something inappropriate to me and I blew it off because, oh, that's just so and so. And he's like, well, you wouldn't blow it off if it was him saying it to someone else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right. you're right. I wouldn't. Right. right? Um, so we all have to start paying attention and, and looking for them and watching for, for those actions, but then calling it out, um, whether it's the victim calling it out, whether it's, you know, observers, for God's sake, if it's your friend, you know, doing the, the harassing, please call it out. Right. Um, That's what's hard. Usually it is your friend. It and that's is. what makes it yeah. hard in the con culture. They are part of the clique. And, oh. right. I must be a right. weirdo. Because I, I, I will completely disregard a person that I've known for years if they did something that I did not stand with morally. Like, I'm probably just that's a true. weirdo. I, I, I will know, completely that's... disconnect from them. Like, completely. Yeah, I've, I've, Rob will do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's, drop them. Yeah, but, but a lot of people won't. But that, that's, that's what I think personally yeah i think you're you're both right that that's what's got to start happening is that people who have a lot at stake and a lot to risk personally still need to have the courage of their convictions and take that risk and if they lose out on anything blame the person that put them in that position yeah Yeah, seriously exactly because it's they, they try to make this mentality like uh if uh, if I'm good and I deal with the abuse, then they'll allow me half a seat at the table. And I just, I'm just in like, bitch, science fiction was invented by a woman. That's your table. That's right. It's literally That's invented. Right. Yes. yes. And, and is, and is you. you could easily, and you could easily argue is currently dominated by yes. women. Like, right. uh, in terms the of. The president I mean, of CIFWA is a woman. She won two Hugos. I mean, N.K. Jemison won three in a row. Right. This is ours. Yeah, th- this th- is our table. Fact, I, th- <laughs> I think the entire uh, Hugo slate, literary, literary speaking, uh, this year, I think it's 100% women, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. this year. Um, yeah, so <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> it's yeah, your table and anyone. I think that at this point, there, there's, there are more people. There, I, I would like to believe that there are more people who agree with with all of us on this than aren't, and yeah. right. hope that people start to realize you you can you can turn on your shitty friends that do bad stuff to people. You're not, like, right. you should do that anyway, but we're, if you do, we'll support you. We're going to like That's you better. Right. If you, if you take that risk, you know, risk whatever you have at stake and shut them down and stop them from doing it and, and cut your association with them. If you have to have the courage of your convictions and we'll, you know, we'll back you up. <laughs> right. You know, if they're your friend so. and you call them out, hopefully they listen to you. Right. Otherwise, you weren't great friends to begin with. Hmm? Hold on, you, 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 I think you skipped out a little bit there, Allie. I think you, uh, you, you uh, can you say that one more time, please? I'm sorry. Oh, can you guys not hear me anymore? Ah, I can now. I we can, can hear you now. Okay, that's bizarre. I am literally sitting in the same spot. Um, <laughs> no, I just said Adams. if if it is your friend who is doing the abusing and you call them out and they have a problem with that. You weren't great friends to begin with, so you aren't right. really losing a whole lot. 
Right. It was yeah. just there for a second. It sounded like you were giving us this tidbit of knowledge and then you cut out. I was like, no, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> it was the answer like to the is. universe and you missed it, Rob. Right. I am so right. sorry. It's, it's I'll tell Maggie later because it's our table. So, so. Right. That's right. That's right. You can tell me You can tell me when you decide to invite me to the table and I will gladly right. accept that invitation. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, you yes. guys are always invited to the table. We appreciate it. <laughs> I, I like getting uncomfortable and I like that some of this has made me angry and I like that some of this has made me uncomfortable because I need to understand this. Like, I don't like to hear stories about abuse. I don't like to hear those things, but I need to hear those. I'm a nurse and I'm an advocate myself. I need to hear those things and I need to be able to figure out how to deal with those things. And I, I really appreciate the both of you for, for actually setting aside some time to to help us and not only us others understand somewhat what what's, what's going on i cannot wait to have you back if you guys have the time to come back and, uh, and talk with us um i think it was amazing uh and selfless that you guys shared your time uh, to explain Aww. this to us thank you very much I yes. could have like thirty podcasts on this topic. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we, we were talking about that before we before we started. That that um that yeah, this is something that I mean, this could be a multi <laughs> right. multi part episode, and we really mm-hmm. may want to do some follow ups on this. Um, I am okay with th- it because there is plenty more to talk about. We can drill down right. on little topics that you said. Like there have been dissertations written, like you said about. Oh, yeah, I've made ten, ten years we... out of this topic. Ten years of my life right. has been. I've finding new angles on this topic and advocacy. (laughs) Hopefully one day you'll be out of a job. Um, That's the, that's the goal is to be so good that I am not needed to, to do. I would love to, (laughs) I said this a million times. I would love if my Twitter feed was nothing but the books I'm reading, the writing I'm working on, uh, pseudopod stuff, my cute little dogs, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if it could just be that. Yeah. (laughs) Someone, someone sent me, uh, sent me a, a message. was like, Hey man, you're talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter and all this other kind of stuff. I was like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about video games. And I would like to talk about the books that, right, the books that I'm reading. And I would like to post a picture of my kids online and not have to worry about any of it. But, I, but I, this I bullshit. Right. This yeah. bullshit is, is really just wasting my time. But I will step and fight for anybody who's had any issues. That is my job as a human being is to be an advocate for other human beings. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really, the, really do appreciate of... this. Like, you guys don't understand how much I really appreciate this. Thank you. Yes, it's been Anytime. great. Thank you both. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ali Charlesworth, MM Shill, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on to talk about this with us. It's yes. never easy, but you did it, and like Rob right. said, we we thoroughly appreciate it. And thanks for uh, for Thorough. giving us your time and your perspectives. Um, where can people find you online, uh, Maggie? You want to tell them where they can where they can find your your stuff? Um, currently right now, it's really easy on Twitter at, at, at MM under slash shill, S-C-H-I-L-L. Um, I also have a Patreon and a website of this. It's just my name. Easy to find me on both. <laughs> MM <laughs> shill. Yes. Google me. Nice and easy. Yes. Go find her. You will find her. Uh, Allie, you got anywhere you want to direct people to find you online or anything like that? You know, really just to the con. It's multiversecon.org. If you guys are interested in sci-fi and fantasy and want to come to a convention who's trying to do the the things correctly, um, we would love <laughs> to have you there. Elsewhere, you yes. can find me at Alley911. It's A-L-L-I-E 911 um, at Twitter mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. 
when I'm on there, right. you know, like <laughs> twice yeah. every month. So when, right. you can, when you can stand to visit the hell site. Yes. Right. right. Um, but anyway, yes, thank you both very, very much. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you go and uh, we'll have you back at some point very soon, we hope. But thank you again very we much. Hope. And thank yes. you. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Rob, that was a... Uh, man. That's... That was our heaviest... That was one of our heaviest uh, podcasts. That was there, heavy, man. I, yeah. I appreciated every second of it. Um, yes. it's uh, It's got me... I, I've written down a lot, and I've absorbed a lot. And I I've been taking notes, it. too. <laughs> right. I can't wait to sit my kids down and teach them these things and, and how this mm-hmm. works. Uh it's um it's a dynamic that needs to be shifted immediately and and like our guest said i think it is happening i think we're moving mm-hmm. towards the uh, uh, right towards the right direction but um yeah man, it sounds I, like the, really, the really conversation is starting to yeah it's great it sounds like the conversation is really beginning to clarify around right. some of these some of these really sticky and difficult points so right that was really cool. So, and we, everybody, yeah, this was one of our, our heavier episodes. We appreciate everybody listening. We know this right. is not uh, not the happiest of, of topics, but it's a really, really important one. So we appreciate you sticking with us and, and listening to uh, M.M. Shill and Allie Charlesworth talk about this uh, topic with us. Um, we hope you've gotten something out of it. That's right. that's kind of the point here, is we hope that you um, hope you learn a little something and come out of it with maybe a little little clarity on uh, on this very complicated situation um, right. we're, we're, we're doing we're doing the we're having the hard and tough conversations you guys listen to so that we eventually can get to a point where we're not having to have this type of conversation like we discussed earlier that's um, the hope that's the hope that is it yep. so you can uh, y'all can find us online you know where to find us by now glitchypancakes.com you can stream the episodes there um, we're also up on Spotify Stitcher CastBox etc still on, waiting Apple. on Apple Come get it together Apple, Apple. Get, get us approved and put us on Apple Podcast um, just look for us on your favorite podcast app we're probably on there um, Twitter and Facebook at Glitchy Pancakes if you got questions suggestions or comments send an email to cakespod at gmail. Um, you can find me on Twitter if you want to at Jesse J E S S E underscore A underscore Adams. And Rob, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at EI Blackout. That's I A I B L A C K O U T. Join me there. Say hey. I'll say hey back. We might share some pictures and you know some video game stuff and and and, and kick it out a little bit and, and, and talk about some some serious stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll see some serious stuff there. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you never maybe know. Not. You never know. <laughs> All day right. day by day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We will see you next time. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye bye.